Good morning and welcome to our Bible study. And if you have your Bibles at hand, please turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And we're going to start to read at verse 8. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Then the crowd saw what Paul had done, and they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priests of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and reeds to the city, to the city gates, because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all the nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered round him, he got up and went back into the city. And the next day he and Barnabas left for Derbe. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you again for this opportunity we have to gather together around your way. And we just thank you for this passage as we read again about Paul and Barnabas. And we pray that through these words you will encourage us and that we might see how you are at work, how you are in control. Our Father, we pray that we might be blessed as we gather around these words together because we do it in your name. And in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Right, Acts chapter 14. Right, now, if you've been listening to the morning talks this week, you will have known that Paul would have been familiar with the Olympic Games as they had been happening during his lifetime. You see, they started in the 8th century BC and they continued until the 4th century AD. The first Olympic Games were held, obviously, in Olympia and at the time, they were a religious and an athletic festival and they were held every four years at the same sanctuary of Zeus. Now, the modern Olympics that we have today, uh, they were introduced in 1894 and this time they were introduced to encourage peace between the nations uh, as well as striving for excellence in sport. And Paul often in his writings takes illustrations from sport and here in Acts 14 we have a reference to the gods of the nations. Now these are things that are part of the culture that was there in the days of Paul. So Acts 
14. We've read through uh, a few verses there, but let's hear what had happened in Iconium. This is verse 14, verse 5 to 6. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with the leaders, to ill-treat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Iconium, cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country. So this is why we found we find this morning that Paul and Barnabas are here, and they are here in this uh, city of Lystra. Now, this is reminiscent of the words of Jesus when he sent out the twelve apostles to the lost sheep of Israel, that is, the Jewish people. Remember that Paul, wherever he went, if there was a synagogue, he always went there first to take the good news to those who are the lost sheep of Israel, the Jewish nation. And in Matthew 10, when Jesus told uh, those 12 disciples to go out, in Matthew 10, verse 23, he said, When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So that's advice from Jesus. So Paul and Barnabas were really doing the right thing by fleeing that city. What did Paul and Barnabas do when they got to Lystra and Derbe? Well, we read that in verse 7. They continued to preach the gospel. Well, what happened when they did preach the gospel? Let's find out. And we're going to look at verse 8 through to 9. This is a man's reaction to what Paul had been saying. In Lystra there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. See, the first thing we see is the reaction of this man, this individual, as he heard Paul speaking. It seems that because he was lame, and we know that he was sitting, it might have been that a small crowd had gathered around Paul, and it could have been that it was a conversation he was having with a few people in the marketplace. But is it also this? Paul noticed the interest that this man had in what he was saying. And this resulted in the man trusting in the Lord. Paul obviously went over and had a conversation with him. The results of the man hearing the word of God was that he trusted in the Lord. Now, we don't always know who's listening to our conversations. You know, we could just be chatting to somebody somewhere and uh, you always get the, what we call, uh, eavesdroppers. And sometimes that might be a good thing. Maybe that's what this lame man was doing. He was eavesdropping. This is a reminder to us of the words of Paul uh, that he would later write in his letter to the Christians in Rome. This is in Romans 10, verse 17. And this is important. This is what Paul said. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's good, isn't it? Faith comes from hearing the message. And what is the message? The message is the word of God about Christ. Now, after the man had been healed spiritually, Paul then ministered to his physical needs in a way that Peter and John did, uh, way back in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And in the words of the children's chorus, this is what happened there to Peter and John. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way, 
He asked them for alms. He held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking and leaping and praising God, walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So that's what's happening here when Paul spoke to this lame man. So back to Paul and we come to verse 10. And this is what he said to the man. He called out to him and he said, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Now here in the Lyconian city of Lystra, by the grace of God, a lame man who had faith in Jesus was healed. Now, this act was by way of confirmation to these people that the message that Paul and Barnabas brought was a message from God. And the message is the good news of Jesus, the same message that is coming to us today, to us who have confirmation that this is the word of God. And where can we get that confirmation from? Well, we have our Bibles. So we have the word which is confirmation. And this is the word of God. So let's move on to verse 11 and 12. And let's see what about the crowd. What, what was their reaction? So verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. You see, they knew that Paul was speaking God's words. But here's the question. Which God was Paul? speaking about see for these people this is a valid question the gentiles who lived or had the jews who lived here uh, sorry the gentiles who lived here in lystra they worshipped many gods aphrodite dionysus venus titan and many more and they viewed what was happening as yes being something divine and they quickly put together what they knew about God and their gods gave them a belief in what was the mythical gods, the mythical gods of their ancestors, leading them to draw a wrong conclusion. They see what they wanted to see and they based it on the little knowledge they had about these gods they saw paul and barnabas as being two of them two of the many gods the many gods that they worshipped and these two gods had now come to visit them have you ever thought of why they call paul hermes and barnabas they call zeus well you see zeus is the greek god who is the ruler over all the gods and this is the same God that the Romans called Jupiter. Now, Hermes is seen as the herald, the messenger, the messenger of the gods. And Hermes is the same God that the Romans called Mercury. So when they used these two names, they saw Barnabas as being the leader. And they saw Paul as being his spokesperson, his messenger. 
Verse 12, Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. This is a decision reached by what they had previously been taught about God. If we go to verse 13, on the back of this we see the reaction of their spiritual leaders. The priests of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and reeds to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. You see, the next wrong conclusion comes from the priests. The priests who capitalised on the reaction of the people. They see here an opportunity to use this situation to their advantage. And religious traditions click in. They click into gear as all their religious paraphernalia is brought out and brought to the city gates. You know, this is not dissimilar to the reaction of the Jews in the synagogue when they heard Paul and Barnabas speak. See, some chose to hold on to tradition rather than to accept the truth. And those who were in the forefront of this opposition to the gospel were the religious leaders. Isn't that what happened in Jerusalem? As tradition would not give way to the truth leading to Jesus being crucified? Isn't that what's still happening today when the good news is preached and tradition with all its religious paraphernalia will then override the plain truth of the gospel? So in the face of this opposition, the truth must be told. So we see the reaction of Paul and Barnabas. Verse 14 through to 18. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting. You know, this situation called for a desperate act of self-identification. As Paul and Barnabas humbled themselves in the face of fame and fortune. See, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be loved. And some people want to be worshipped. I like football. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I do admire the skill and the dedication of the players, but there is one thing that annoys me. That is when a player rips off his shirt, runs in towards the crowd, beating his bare chest, and basically saying to the crowd, look at me, look how great I am. Paul and Barnabas, in contrast to this, ran towards the crowd to show them how ordinary they were. In verse 15, they shouted, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We're bringing the good news, telling you to turn from these Worthless things to turn to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They're saying the God that we bring to you is not the God of your imaginations. He's not the God that you will find in your rituals and your traditions and your superstitions. And Paul goes on in verse 16 and says, In the past, he let all the nations go their own way. Now, Paul is going to tell them about the one and only God, the God who the Jews living in their city have been worshipping, a God who is the God of creation, a God who brings forgiveness, 
and who has been preparing the world for a saviour, a saviour for all nations. And Paul wants these Gentiles to know that they've not been left out. God has been with them while he has been with the Jews. Verse 17, Paul said, yet he has not left yourselves without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in the seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. See, these are the everyday things that they have. They, they have the, the, the crops, they have the rain, they have the sun, they have the seasons. And that provides them with food and that provides them with joy. And all these things have come from God, this God that Paul is speaking about. You know, we have reminders of this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. There are many verses, but we'll just look at a few. And Paul said this in Ephesians, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promises in Christ Jesus. And even if we go back further in our Bibles and we go back into the Old Testament, the Jewish people knew this. They were told it, as I said, many times. And in Isaiah 42, verse 6, Isaiah said this. And this is God speaking through the words of Isaiah. I, the Lord, have called you. This is the Jewish nation and Isaiah. I, have, I am the Lord. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant of the people and a light for the Gentiles. Let's have a look at verse 18 and see what happens here now in Lystra. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. So it looks here that eventually Paul and Barnabas managed to calm things down. But trouble is looming and we see that in verse 19 through to 20. We see the reaction from what we can now call the opposition. Verse 19. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. You see, Paul and Barnabas had been expelled from Pisidia, Antioch. And then at Iconium, the city leaders had plotted to ill-treat them and to stone them. But they managed to escape before that could happen. But now, a delegation has arrived from those two towns. And they've incited the people of Lystra, encouraged them to attack Paul and Barnabas. And together, they do that and they leave Paul for dead outside the city wall. We've mentioned this before, but again we see jealousy leading to contradiction and abuse and eventually leading to violence. This is how it was for Jesus. This is how it was for Paul. This is how it is today in many places when the good news of Jesus is preached. You know, as we consider these things, humanly speaking so far, this first missionary journey could be seen as being a bit of a failure. But as we said last week, we've got to remember God is in control and his will will be done. You see, 
there were fruit, uh, faithful believers in that city, in that city of Lystra. And their numbers would have been added to by the preaching of the gospel as Paul spoke. Verse 20, we read, But after the disciples had gathered round him, these are the people from Lystra, the believers from Lystra, after the disciples had gathered round him, he got up, went back into the city, and the next day he and Barnabas left for Derbe. So as we close and we just consider these things this morning, what has been happening? Well, what has been happening is that the seed has been sown. And the word of the Lord will buy the power of the Lord, give the increase. As we will see as we go through Paul's first missionary journey, but as we draw to a close this morning, how about this for encouragement, encouragement for Paul. You see, there was a resident of Lystra who more than likely witnessed all this and who later became a great help to Paul and also a faithful ambassador for the Lord. Do you know who he is? Well, I'll give you another clue. Sometimes later Paul would say this to him. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life. My purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. You know, Paul is showing all these things in the city of Lystra. And Paul would later refer to this person as a son, which is a suggestion that he, this person, was brought to faith under Paul's preaching. Now, some years later, Paul, when he returned to this region, he would say this, and if you don't know by now who this person is, as we read this in Acts chapter 16, you will know his name. We read in Acts chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, Paul came to Derbe, and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer. But whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. You see, God is at work. The seed is sown, and there is fruit. Let's just pray. Father, we pray that this morning we will have been encouraged by these words, and we know that as we look around, sometimes we think not a great deal is happening. Sometimes we look upon our efforts, and maybe see them as being failures. But our Father, it's your work. And our Father, you are in control. And it's you who brings the fruit. Our Father, we ask your continued blessing upon us this morning. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.